Like, I know what it's like, and you do too, what it's like to be absorbing and to take all that in. And now it's like, I feel like I can almost put up a boundary and wait for the question mark and wait for that invitation. Welcome to the Projector Guidance Podcast, your source for unlocking insight into human design. I'm your host, Brandy Yates. Are you ready to dive into the spiritual depths of human design and uncover your unique energetic expression? This podcast is here to guide you on your spiritual journey and open the door to aligning with your authentic self. By discussing the ins and outs of human design, we are here to help you radically embrace the process of discovering who you truly are. Join me in this episode as I sit down with Tangi Nadimi, a 1-3 splenic projector, to delve into the topic of what is a projector. We share our own experiences of discovering our projector design and what it was like before. We discuss the process of receiving an invitation, whether projectors can create their own, what an invitation looks like, the importance of recognition, and the impactful aura that projectors carry. Tangi discovered human design five years ago with the goal to elevate her parenting and live her most authentic life. By embracing the principles of unschooling her two boys and holistic living, she continues to educate herself and evolve through this modality. Now, before we move forward with this episode, I want you to pause and take a deep breath and enjoy. So, Tangi, thank you for coming on here today. This is actually my first recording, depending on when it actually releases, but this is the first recording of my podcast. So thank you for being my first guest. Guinea pig over here. (laughs) Yeah, but it opened up so beautifully because um, you actually invited me to go live. And I was like, perfect opportunity to send you an invitation so that we could go live together. So I felt like it um, unfolded beautifully. I was thinking this morning, I was like, I, I like feel like Brandy and I just we already know each other, right? <laughs> but we're just watching each other's TikToks. Like we haven't actually been able to have a live conversation like this. And of course, my third line, like I'm just gonna jump in, <laughs> throw me into the ring. Let's see what happens. So here we are. I'm so excited. Thank you for you know um, trusting me to be your first recording. I think it's gonna go really well. Yeah, I'm excited. So before we do dive in on like what it means to be a projector, because you and I, you know, we have some lived experiences being a, I'm a three, five, you're a one, three, lots of trial and error. I feel like when it comes to being a projector, uh, especially on my end, but I would love to hear kind of what your life was like before you found human design. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been a long life. <laughs> right. And, you know, and I don't know if this was what it was like for you, but as soon as I found human design and I started to look into my own chart, because that wasn't the first thing I did. First, I I wanted to look at my kids chart so that I could parent better. But when I started to look at my own chart, I'm like, what is this? I get a third line and the channel of struggle. And then (laughs) what am I supposed to do with this? Like, how rude, right? (laughs) Who Who did this? Who designed me this way? But now that it started to integrate in my system, it's been... And I was trying to like nail down a date, right? But I didn't like write in my journal, like today is the day I started my experiment. (laughs) But it's been like almost five years that this has just kind of like been in my energy field. And it's like, you just can't unsee it. It helps make so many things make sense. And it also helps me to take things less personally. And it helps me to understand others in, in new ways, right? Because when we come into the world, we have our certain, you know, lens, our scope that we come in with, and we 
before we are fully developed, we just kind of assume that everybody sees everything the exact same way as we do. But having human design have all of these intricacies, and of course there's perspective and motivation, like being able to say, oh, I, I just have like a completely unique experience that no one else has and vice versa. Everyone is having their own completely unique experience. Who am I to judge, right? Like who am I to say anything at all about how you're living your life? And, and even toward myself, I think um, with all of the openness for me personally, and maybe this is your experience too, it was like, I just felt so ashamed and so wrong all of the time and so directionless, right? And unmotivated and unproductive and couldn't understand my emotions for, for anything and like what's inspiring to me and what's my opinion supposed to be. And it was just so overwhelming that I would try to reach for identity um, in other people, in relationships, even in like movies, right? And books. Like I would go try to watch a movie and like take on the identity of that character so that I could be somebody because it was just so much energy all over the place with all of this openness. But learning my design and learning what is fixed and consistent for me helps me to say, oh, that's not self. Oh, that's not. And just kind of like batted away. I heard somebody quoted, it's kind of like swatting flies, right? All of these thoughts that come in is just okay, we don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. But I really want to know like how, you know, because our charts are so similar, how it is for you as well. Yeah. And so when Tanji's saying that our charts are so similar, uh -uh, what's really funny is when we pull up our charts, where it's like, it looks the same, but it's not the same in any form because everyone's, right? yeah, everyone's chart's so unique, but we're both projectors and we only have two centers defined. It's our root and our spleen and we have one channel and it's the channel of struggle. So we know we, what it means to fight for purpose. And so when she was talking about that, um, <clears throat> but yeah, with my openness before human design, I mean, just completely lost. And I mean, just bitter. A hundred percent just bitter in every form that you could think of in every relationship in my career with myself. Like there was just bitterness everywhere. Um, so when I found human design, it just, things just made sense, right? And like what you said, it validated a lot um, and being in my own unique experience and accepting these unique things about myself that I have always tried to change or other people told me that I need to change or I need to go in this path or that path. And it's just been um, interesting to, yeah, decondition with so much openness. I still... Um, focus on that. And when even when I do readings, I focus a lot on the not self because for me, <laughs> I had been living in the not self for so long. If I just knew, if I just had the awareness of like, oh, this isn't me. Oh, this, these aren't my qualities um, that I could have shed or broke those um, actions of conditioning a lot sooner. Right. So sometimes right. I feel like just the awareness um, really can help break that conditioning. Yeah, and I love that you distill it down to strategy, right? Because both of us, I'm sure, are always saying, really, strategy and authority is it. Really, and, and knowing your signature and not self-theme is tied directly to your type and your strategy. And you're right, like just the most bitter person, same, just feeling so unseen and my fully open ego, feeling so undervalued, right? Feeling so unworthy, what am I even doing here? Why am I here? Like, what is even the point? Why doesn't anybody listen to me? Why doesn't anybody hear me? Why doesn't anybody see me? And just all day, every day. But when you make that shift and you even understand that line between 
success and bitterness, it's like, oh, I don't actually care. <laughs> like, I, I don't actually, like, I, I would like to just sit here alone in my own energy and I don't want to give anything away for free anymore. And when an invitation comes in, it is like so abundantly clear because I'm not putting my feelers out everywhere all of the time, trying to get seen, trying to be noticed with the undefined throat, trying to be acknowledged, trying to be validated. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just like, me, I'll just exist. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so yeah. much more successful for me, right? It's and, and I don't know if that's the case for you. Oh, 100%. But I and then that also goes to really knowing the mechanics of your energy, right? Mm -hmm. So like, um, let's dive into that. So Tangie, I would love to hear from your own words, like, what does it mean to be a projector for you? Wow. So I feel like I have a very logical mind and a logical existence, right? So I always go back to statistics. And, and that's one of the first things that I mention to people when I'm talking about types, like, hey, you're different than 80% of people if you're a projector, or if you're a generator, you have something in common that 70% of people have, right? Like, use that momentum, use that energy. So for me, understanding that I had that, that difference, right, that uniqueness, that helps me live in my design much better than before I understood human design to say like, okay, I'm meant to guide. I'm meant to guide through a specific system, right? This is how I use my energy. And because I have that undefined sacral, I'm really good at helping people be more efficient with their energy. I'm really good at helping people optimize their energy. So I don't need to waste any more energy on anything else, right? I can pick my system and I can guide people through it. And because I have an undefined G center, I don't have to be attached <laughs> to a specific system forever and ever and ever, right? But it gives me this, um, I want to say like a funnel for success, right? It just makes things clearer for me. And that's all of human design being the science of, of differentiation. It helps me kind of understand like, this is this and this is that. And this is the neutral, right? We don't always have to be in a shadow and a light. This is like my first understanding and this is my next understanding. And then this is where I'm like not always being black and white about life. So being, being a projector to me, I was really mad at first. <laughs> but as I've grown into my design and I've, I've understood my friends and family better and I've, I've done readings and I've interacted with people, I'm like, okay, this is, this is not so bad, right? Like I can, I can take a step back. Like I can rest and not be ashamed of resting because I see how my energy pulses and I see how I have these moments of momentum from this defined root and then this like refueling time. And I can always trust that the next pulse is coming. And because the next pulse is coming, I have this funnel that leads me to success every time. And so it's been really empowering for me, right? And, and I hate to get into like comparison, like, oh, well, this type versus that, because everybody here has a purpose. But it's been empowering for me as a projector, but every type should be empowered in their own strategy. Does that, does that answer? Does that answer yeah. I feel like I went I on a tangent maybe. <laughs> no, it, it really does because, I mean, if you don't, 
not comparing ourselves to other types, but I mean, projectors. This is what I've come to notice. And you even said it like you need to be intentional with your energy. Okay. Generators, they generate energy. <laughs> Manifestors, you know, they get these urges and they have this creative energy. Projectors don't really have that, you know. Um, and when you think of the aura of a projector, it's absorbing. It's not bringing things in. It's not pushing. It's not enveloping. It's not repelling. It is absorbing. And so I think when you start really understanding what's happening to your body, to your, to your vehicle on a right. daily basis, you start really understanding how important it is that you are intentional on where you're putting your energy, right? And so one of the things for me, um, when it comes to understanding, like, well, let me ask you this, Tangi, what does it mean for you? Like, could you mind diving into what an invitation is as a projector? So I just heard like the best quote, maybe that I've ever heard, and it, it wasn't even raw, um, but specifically related to projectors. And it was wait for the question mark. <laughs> it was your video. I was like, that's it. That's it. <laughs> but it wasn't. And I keep forgetting her name and I feel terrible, but it's posted and she's credited. And, and it was her quote. It's not my quote. I'm not claiming it, but I am like, I am claiming her. <laughs> like I'm using it now. Wait for the question mark. And in the past, I mean, I just remember feeling so, so bitter and resentful, just being in the energy and absorbing, right, in group settings or even one-on-one, -on -one, hearing people talk about things that I know about and not inviting me and just, right, like, why don't you ask me? Don't you? And even like, you know that I know, but now it's like, mm, I'm good. Like, I know what it's like, and you do too, what it's like to be absorbing and to take all that in. And now it's like, I feel like I can almost put up a boundary and wait for the question mark and wait for that invitation. And it is that underlying being seen and being acknowledged, right? Like being ready, that cone shaped aura goes right to the G center and Sometimes the things that I would say to people would have them questioning their whole identity, right? Or questioning, like, where am I going? And, you know, I have s some gates that, like, don't like to do life the, the normal way, the, the standard, you know, societal expectations. And so once I realized that, that, you know, I can be very abrupt and, and I'm, I'm taking in information that is not, like, fully said aloud and then penetrating it without, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that could be. That could be very abrupt. So now, usually I just like kind of exist, right? In in social settings, like I just exist and smile and nod. And then <clears throat> even when someone engages with me, and, and my personality son is the 13th gate, so it's the gate of the listener, the secret keeper. I'm asking questions, right? I, I don't want <laughs> to give anything away anymore because I don't want to experience that bitterness anymore. Mm. So to me, waiting for the invitation is waiting for this like specific pipeline to success. Like that's the only kind of invitation that I want is something that I know is going to give me what I need as a projector, which is for someone else to see me well, because I know I can't see myself well, right? And I know that that's a difficult thing for me. But if, if I can really um, 
create this symbiotic relationship, right? Where I honor this person and what's in their G center and who they are and where they're going with life and get really curious about them and really like absorb even more. I know that when that invitation or if it does come, then, then now we see each other, right? And, and so the aura is working better and it's not this like one way street. Um, that it used to be where it's like, well, what can I get? <laughs> what can I get out of you? So waiting for the invitation for me is fully managing my energy, not like giving anything away, but also like opening the space for someone to truly exist, right? And to truly be their authentic self so that an aligned invitation can come through if it needs to and if they're ready to. And if it doesn't and they're not ready, I don't take offense anymore like I used to. Like, I just, I'm like, cool. I've learned that I'm an expert at managing energy and I don't have to like create this sense of productivity or fully open ego again, create my worthiness or my value from what I can give in this interaction. I was just born worthy and value and I, I don't need to constantly be trying to prove something all of the time. I'll just, I'll just chill and I'll wait and I'll shine where I shine, which is, listening to people. And if I'm going to accept an invitation, it's because it's going to put me on this <laughs> pipeline to success. Otherwise, I just, I'm going to stay curious. Right? I'm just going to keep asking questions like, oh, tell me more about that. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, well, how did that land for you? Right? I don't, I don't want to give it away anymore. <laughs> free. Yeah. And I think that's really important for projectors who are just starting to experiment with their strategy and their authority, right? A lot of, a lot of clients or a lot of um, listeners, you know, their number one question as a projector is like, what the heck is an invitation? Like, what does that even mean? What does it look like? And it's a question. An invitation is a question. And if there is no question, there is no invite. And, but the main thing that I want people to remember is that the first part of your strategy is recognition and then an invitation. It is very easy for projectors, especially if you have a motor defined, right? You have one. Um, I have one. There are some projectors who have all three motors defined, which means that you may get invitations just simply because somebody wants your energy rather than they actually recognize you for your gifts or your talents. And then, especially like you and myself, if we have those open heart centers and we receive these naked invitations without a recognition, we put ourselves in a position to need to try to prove ourselves to right. get that recognition because we completely skipped the first part of our strategy, right? And yeah, yeah, one of the things that um, I've been messing with, I guess, or really trying to change the language instead of maybe waiting, right? I feel like it's the word waiting that people are like, oh, what am I supposed to do during this waiting? What am I supposed to do? You mean like I'm just supposed to do nothing until someone invites me? No, 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 no. That's actually not what you're supposed to be doing when there is no invitations. And for me, like when there's, when there's lack of invitations in my business or I'm experiencing that the invitations aren't coming in, to me, that is a sign that energy needs to go into myself in order for me to grow and expand so that I can prepare for the next invitation. And one of the things that really helped me take my power back as a projector is when you can recognize yourself and then start understanding like, well, what do I want to be recognized for as a projector? 
I want to be recognized as a human design guide. You want to be recognized as a human design guide. So that means that our energy needs to go towards things that are going to get us those invitations that we're seeking. And so I believe that projectors can potentially like even create their invitations. Once you understand what you want to be recognized for and you can shift that perspective and start putting energy into that, um, I believe that you can start building those invitations that you're looking for. You absolutely could. And I think you and I probably do that a lot. And I also remind people that you can do nothing. Like you, you can get away with it. I promise. Like you think you can't, but you can, you can, you can get away with doing absolutely nothing. So I feel like I'm kind of in this, um, this struggle between my, my motor and my mind (laughs) and trying to like make things make sense and find the right answer. And then what can I move forward and what can I move forward and what can I move forward? And then let me think about it some more. And so a lot of times I, I am, consciously trying to do nothing and think nothing but but when i when that gets me into a state that's not healthy right like not mentally healthy and and you may um experience this as well with the defined root anybody that has a defined root is going to be prone to periods of melancholy so when i get into these periods of melancholy that like start to take me down a spiral <laughs> who knows what you know at, at any given time of my life I, I, I tend to look to my profile to help me like get back on track with like what it is that really matters to me. Right. And, and where is this all going, but not, not in the sense that like I'm attached to an outcome more like what can I do to continue to build upon what I've already created in this lifetime and feel aligned with who I really am. So like for me personally, as a projector and being a guide with a first line in my conscious awareness, reading books, doing research, right? Like hearing someone else's perspective and point of view on things, getting out of my not self mind. It's like, I don't need an invitation for that, of course, because the invitation is specifically about strategically helping others manage their energy. The projector aura doesn't do a lot without other people, (laughs) We are supposed to, you don't just guide yourself around, right? Like that's, that's, that's a recipe for absolute disaster. (laughs) And so when you are in your own aura, of course, like do whatever you want to do, but don't let that adrenalized pressure take over that everything that, I mean, that used to be me so bad, right? Like everything has to be done and everything has to be done right now. And so I'm, I'm learning to honor these natural rhythms that exist in my energy. And when I am in this state of productivity, I'm like, cool, don't get attached to it, Tangie. Like you always don't get attached and start to think that this is how it will always be. You're gonna move something forward. And then when you're in that, that pullback state, you're gonna keep perfecting this system that you're currently in love with, right? You're gonna keep, researching and you're going to keep experimenting and it's this is going to be the thing and it's really okay to like try on other things right and supplement it with other information we don't want to get tunnel vision and then when the invitations come okay cool I feel prepared because I see myself right and I see what um 
my life has experience has led me to. And I acknowledge the experience that I have. And I don't get into the not self mind of maybe I don't have every single answer that there is. I already know I don't. <laughs> right. Yeah. One of the things for me, especially with this holiday season, I had like this huge internal struggle of like, you don't need to work. Like you don't need to be pushing. Like I'm like, everyone's at home. This is the time to get on. This is the time to do this. And had this really strong, and again, I believe it was the conditioning, right? And especially my root was like, hey, let's move this forward. Let's move this forward. But my body, my energy, I'm exhausted. I am tired. And my other half of me was like, you need to sit. You can rest. And I had to like, for like a few days, I had to keep giving myself permission. Like you don't need to create content. You can just relax. You've been consistent this whole time on TikTok. You can pull back a little bit. And it's so um, interesting when you hear your not self show up, but even just trying to, yeah, it's just an all an experience, right? Each experience you have gains more wisdom about how your mind operates and how my mind wants to do this and how my mind wants to do that, but then how my body is telling me different things. And that's one of the things that I love about human design is it really does, you know, bring you back to a sense of your body, right? And it allows you to tap into that wisdom. Um, did you experience any of that during the holiday seasons, having to pull back or pushing forward when it comes to you working with your business? So I, th <laughs> I think I might have like the opposite problem. My entire life, I've been called lazy, right? And, and I, I, I mean, I accept it now. Like I am not a person <laughs> that is like driven to go and driven to do, right? Like I chill. And I chill a lot and I don't usually feel very bad. I used to, I used to feel very bad about, I mean, my parents, like it was a daily thing calling me lazy at home. Right. Like, but I, I don't have that arrow active. Like I go to my cave and I chill. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's who I am. And I think you do, right. You have a left facing environment. Yeah. I'm three so, parts left, one part right. <laughs> opposite, right? I'm, I'm three parts right. So for me, it was coming into the acceptance that this is who I am. This is who I've always been. This is likely who I'll always be. And why am I trying to fight against it? Like, why am I trying to be who I'm not? Like, I'm, I'm just like a very mellow person. And life itself, I mean, just like being alive. And of course... I have two children. Life itself challenges me enough and pulls enough energy out of me that I don't need to create narratives around having to do more. <laughs> now, I, I get the root pulse, though, and I'll be like, oh, my God, must do everything all in one day. And a lot of times I will. Like, I'll just wake up one day and it's like I work 12 hours straight. And then, you know, I don't for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you probably saw I just took a seven week tour of Europe and I didn't do nothing. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, you know, when, and like I have your chart up and I also have mine, but then also when you look at our root configuration, mm -hmm. you know, my, um, 
south node is gate 53 and my north node is gate 54 we have beginning and ambition you know so for me a lot of my environment is about what can i start what can i do what can i push forward and i'm like we don't need to start anything like we could just chill why don't you go start your walk why don't you go start something else yeah but i always it's like that gate 53 i feel like if i'm not starting something that's just you know every single day um that that it yeah i feel like that pressure gets turned inward and then that's not good for me either so for me i feel like i have to be more on the productive side like i need to move on a regular mm -hmm. basis um, but i also have that gate 41 in my saturn three times my earth conscious earth and my both of my saturns um you know so i don't know i got a lot going on in my root <laughs> I'm looking at it on it's it's the one thing you know that i'm very conscious of that i have present that is there i wake up every day and i'm like what are we doing what are we starting let's and then you know and i'm like i don't need to do i don't need to start but then shoot by two o'clock in the afternoon i'm done there's nothing i want to chill don't talk to me i'm i yeah it goes completely downhill um at some point yeah see, i don't have any of those <laughs> i think i just have the one activation from the channel right i just have like i'm just here to fight <laughs> yeah 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 no but it, i mean it makes total sense right and this is again like why it's differentiation we have a very very similar chart right and so we have these big not self themes that are very very similar and that are going to keep showing up but the intricacies and the way that the life experience shows up is so different and and it gives you permission to say yeah yeah that's a theme for me right that's that's what my soul <laughs> wanted to come and just figure out this time how fun yeah now let me ask you this so you have uh, a completely open heart center just mm -hmm. it's open there are no gates right and so when somebody has uh, a actually i would just love for you to touch on that like as a projector how has that played a role in your life god i hate it <laughs> <laughs> i don't think many people like it i try to tell people all the time, like there's good in here there are good qualities having that thing open, you know, you can read people's egos like no other, but when it comes to your own. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And I mean, this is, this is what I look at when I'm, when I'm reading charts, right? Is like, what's, what's fully open? Cause this is the one that we're going to have a real hard time grasping. This is the one that's just going to just drive you absolutely bonkers. But I, I always remind myself that raw, Ra, the founder, the father of human design, Ra Uruzu, what he said was like, if I could reincarnate, I'd come back with all of it open. I'd come back with absolutely nothing, right? And I'm like, okay, so these centers that are undefined and my one that's fully open, like these are my playground, okay? And as soon as I look at it as not a playground, as soon as I look at it as some kind of something's wrong or some kind of minimum requirement, then it absolutely the not self is triggered af right it's it's out of control but when i switch and i say oh it's a playground it doesn't matter right then everything becomes easier and the mind and all of the other not self themes just kind of everything calms down and i go back into like what is truly me which is like this very grounded person that's very intuitive right and i intuitively know what's good safe and healthy for me and i and i honor my strategy and 
focusing on that, that undefined center. And here's the that fully open center. Here's how it shows up for me. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I've never had enough money. I'll never have enough money. Um, I have to prove to people that are around me that, that I'm worth being around, right? I'm never a good enough mother. I can always be doing more for my kids. Um, what else? Yeah, I'm still single because something is inherently wrong with me. And, and if I could just maybe motivate myself to work out, then, um, then maybe I would attract more attention and I would attract the right person. And if I just had the willpower to wake up at the same time every day, then maybe I could serve my kids and my family better and I would be a better person and, and things would work out differently in my life. And it, it's like this never ending, nasty rabbit hole, right? Like it could get as far down like, well, if I just drove a Ferrari, then people would take me seriously. And, and then I wouldn't have a care in the world, right? If I just lived in a mansion, then it would be so much easier to record my TikToks and people would see the background and then they would take me seriously because then they would know, right? Now I've proven myself. Mm -hmm. And so this never ending struggle of I have something to prove <laughs> is this <laughs> theme that I, I hate it, right? Because it, it, is not, it, it is absolutely my not self. When I am like good, and safe and healthy and fully aligned, everything is fine. And I have absolutely nothing to worry about. And when I go into that melancholy, it's that all of that not self starts to take over and it just spirals on out of it. And you know what, it's all in my head. Like I, I never say this out loud to people, <laughs> never, never, never. But I, I do want people to like have the understanding that these narratives that come up for you these things that, you know, it's hard to grasp the concept, these things that are a never ending challenge, that is part of your not self conditioning and more is available, right? More is available in my fully open center that I have nothing to prove. And I've always been taken care of mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, I've really never had anything to worry about. Like, sure, I've had traumas in my life, right? But life continues to go on. <laughs> inevitably, life continues to go on. And inevitably, there's always something for me to be happy about. There's always something to be grateful about. And there's always something serendipitous and magical happening in my experience that it's like, wow, how lucky am I to be here and to have absolutely nothing to prove, to be able to just show up every day with nothing to prove, to know that the people that love me love me no matter like how amazing or how horrible I am. <laughs> They keep showing up. They just keep, they keep doing it. And I don't really have to prove anything because I'm one human having a human experience, the same as all of these other humans. And as soon as I accept that, all of those um, areas of perceived lack, they kind of dissipate. Yeah. But when I let them back in, man, do they take over. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, a lot of people in the comment section is like, this is all the same voices in my head. She's speaking about me. Same, 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 same. Now, because projectors, well, first, Tangie, you know, you have this very open chart, right? We have very similar charts on the openness of our centers. And then on top of that, you have this aura that is absorbing. So it's just, there's a lot coming in. Do you have any practices that you currently utilize to help you ground yourself for someone who is so chill and zen? <laughs> yeah, I do. 
And I want to mention like, you've got to look at your variables and, and your whole chart too, right? Because I, I tried to like pull in this belief that if only I were more consistent, if only I could do this exact same thing every day, right? If only I had this fully open ego, if only I had this willpower and motivation, then, and then, and then, and then. And so for me, it's having these like habits, right? Like I'm going to brush my teeth every morning and every night because it's healthy for me and for my teeth. And so when I say I need to go outside every day, I say that because it's healthy for me and for my body, like my physical body needs vitamin D. I don't have to wake up before sunrise and like put all my workout clothes on and make sure to run or make sure that I go 18 miles or whatever it is. I just, I'm going to go outside every day and I'm going to go when I go and I'm going to go if I go and I'm not going to be ashamed if I don't go. I just know that going outside is good for me. So I would say I have about like five basic things that are important and I try to remind myself to release everything else and don't let let myself make up this false importance around like what it is to be a human and be this human that's thriving. And I'm telling like it is the most basic thing. Like waking up and journaling, right? Just writing down something that I'm grateful for. It can be one sentence. <laughs> I mean it can literally be one sentence. And it can, it doesn't even have to be like a very specific, like I am grateful for X, Y, Z, because I have the gate of change. Like the mundane drives me crazy. It can be like, I'm manifesting X, Y, Z. I'm happy to be alive today. My favorite song is this, but just like holding that space to write something down. That's one. <clears throat> Going outside if I can, but you know, I'm, I'm Texan and we're, we're so averse to extremes. <laughs> So, I mean, if it is extremely hot or extremely cold, I might not. And that's okay. But if I can, I'm going to go outside because I like it and it feels good. And it's good to be in nature, right? It's good to be away from the devices. And I, I start to feel claustrophobic, uh, you know, being inside all day, every day. So if I can, I'm, I'm going to go outside. And if I can't, I'm not going to be mad about it. Um, I allow myself to eat whenever I feel like eating. I'm close taste, so I don't like set narratives around like what is the right thing to eat and what is the right time to eat and what is the right amount to eat. I let all of that go and I just like I eat when I feel like eating, but I do make sure to honor my design of close taste and like it's okay for me to just eat the same thing over and over again. I don't have to create this variety, but I'm also not going to create this like narrative around the right and wrong thing to eat. If I, if my season right now, which coming from Europe, my current season of food is a coffee and a croissant, because that was like maybe the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. <laughs> that's my season. Okay. And I'm not going to let anybody say that like carbs are wrong and this is bad and you're going to die and kicking out all of the, the, the narratives. Um, reading like first line, reading anything for any amount of time, but like I'll pop in an audiobook um, if I'm moving around a lot or like I'll sit down and um, do some studying of human design. I have like 10,000 books <laughs> where I'm staying. So like 
reading something, right? It helps remind me that there are differing perspectives in the world and I don't have to stay in this tunnel vision of my head. And then every night before I go to bed, again, it doesn't matter how long it is and it doesn't matter how good it is, but I do a visualization practice, right? I just kind of like put in my mind's eye something that is something that I want to see manifest. And it, again, it's not with an attachment to outcome and it's not like with this minimum requirement. It's more like honoring that I know that this is a universe of creation. And so I don't want to stagnate in my soul's journey. I want to constantly ponder like, what else can we create, right? What else is available? And honoring that anything that I desire to manifest, I know <laughs> that it doesn't only come as good things, right? I'm manifesting an entire new experience. So I'm manifesting the, the excitement of it along with the challenges. So I just spend a few minutes like, and a lot of times I'll fall asleep doing it. And I think that that's a great way to step into the astral realm. Visualizing what could potentially be available and seeing where my uh, mind is consistently going with that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it is from the not self, right? And, and seeing how that lands in my body, right? Do, do I suddenly feel like something's missing? And do I suddenly feel more melancholy? And do I suddenly feel more like um, I'm behind? Or am I visualizing something that feels like very expansive? And like I mentioned before, like a playground, like, oh, that would be a fun thing to experience. And again, I know that the good and the bad is coming. I have a third line forever. <laughs> It's never going to become a six. <laughs> I'm so upset about right. that. But the good and bad is coming. And so these things like remind me of my humanness and my um, infiniteness simultaneously. And so this is what I do on a daily basis. Again, whenever I feel like, wherever I feel, <laughs> however I feel like, honoring all of the rightness in my um variables and that I know with a defined root like I'm, I'm naturally a grounded person but that helps me show up in life right for all of the things that I have all the responsibilities that I have in this that helps me show up as um, a more aligned version of myself and less um, as someone who is lacking if that makes sense yeah we are very different uh, when it comes to our variables. Um, and that's what I, I love. I love right-facing people because I wish I could just be that easy. I wish I could just show up and relax, but I am the exact opposite. I'm like, I need a plan. I need to plan it out. I need my clothes laid out. I need to know the night before. I'm like, all right, I'm waking up at this time. This is what I'm doing. And I have everything logically planned out in order for me to become more active inside of what I'm doing. And I just, it's so interesting how the arrows really do um, play a role in how things are expressed. But, but some so of the things, do you feel like that structure helps you feel grounded? 100%. Like, okay. for example, during this holiday season, I've been kind of having your mentality and your uh, like your process, how you approach things and I'm losing my mind. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like we I should have the morning should already be done. I should have already won the morning, the morning should be over. But when, it's so <laughs> yeah, because that's my mentality. Because I also function off that root center. And to me, that root is moving in the morning. And once it's done, I'm done. So I'm like, let's win the morning and rest throughout the day. Um, 
Yeah. And so for me, it's really the opposite. And so one of the ways that I stay grounded, right, is going outside. Because what I noticed as a projector who's constantly absorbing, when you have people in your aura, it's really important for you to notice like what you're constantly taking in, who you're constantly taking in, because it's done so natural. And going out in the openness and in nature really allows you to release a lot of that negative energy that you may have been picking up, release a lot of energy that's also not yours. Um, You know, we live in an RV, very, very tight space. You know, there's not a whole lot of area for one to get into their own space. You know what I mean? So um, going outside is is not only kind of the only thing that I have the option to do, but it really is the most effective. Like, it's just it's crazy how different and how um, more grounded I feel on a daily basis going outside and taking those walks. And another way you said it as well, that I ground myself as a projector is through nutrition. I I feel like with projectors, because we're so sensitive, we're so sensitive to what we're taking in. We're taking in a lot, um, just in all aspects. So our bodies, I feel like not saying that everyone's, I'm just saying that projectors are very sensitive. So for me, what I eat, am I eating on a regular routine? Am I being consistent with what I'm eating, which is the exact opposite for you, right? You're more of just like, I'm going to eat when I'm hungry. To me, I need something on. I have high sound. And I even notice that if I don't have sound on, like my body is like, what are you doing? (laughs) What's going on? Why is there no sound while you're putting this thing in your mouth? And I'm like, (laughs) let's, let's, let's get something on. Let's get the TV on. I even remember one time I was living with a roommate and I like had a panic attack. I'm like, it's so quiet in here. Why is it always just, and she didn't, I think she was actually the opposite of me, but I just now knowing my human design, you know, I need sound, but grounding myself through nutrition um, is something that I really, truly value because I notice that when I'm not eating correctly, right? When I'm, and for you, again, it's the opposite. Like you're like, I'm going to eat these carbs and you're going to feel great. To me, I eat car, I use certain carbs or processed food and I, but I also was a fitness instructor for eight years. So my mentality is just, you know, um, it's kind of just towards that way. Um, but yeah, so when it comes to grounding, I liked what you said about going outside, meditating. Meditating is a big one, especially if you said you do it at night. Um, <clears throat> for me, I don't know if it's a root thing or if it's a root chakra or a root center um, expression. But for me, not even just putting my feet in the grass, but saying affirmations, mm out loud really helps ground me and bring me into the into the now and that was something that you brought up about one of your biggest lessons um that that you've kind of discovered on your self-discovery journey is that the present moment is all we have and your authority is actually splenic (laughs) along with mine and so being in the present moment um do you mind talking about that about what your authority um has really shaped or has really influenced your life, I guess, learning about your authority? Yeah, absolutely. So I remember very clearly as a kid having like, I mean, just the worst experiences of anxiety. I mean, just so much worry, so much worry about the past and so much worry about the future. And I could feel it in my body. And like, as I, anytime I talk about it, like I can feel I, I, I can't, my body remembers, right? I have this embodied memory of what that anxiety felt like on a daily basis. Um, and <clears throat> after my Saturn return, especially, 
I started to be able to like shed that, right? And to be able to release that and to really learn where it was coming from, which is this attachment to the past and and focus on the future, right? Anytime that I do that, I can feel all of that energy building up in my body and it feels very bad. Like it feels terrible. And so learning that my I'm specifically designed to be fully aware. I mean, just so, so aware of only this now moment. And any time that I'm thinking about the past and, and maybe um, having regrets or any time that I'm thinking about the future and trying to control an outcome, I can't, not only can I not hear the spleen, but like my physical body feels really, really bad. And so being able to just like, push it all away, just push it all to the side. And I know in in this world, right, this current reality that we live in, like to some people that can sound completely insane, right? Like, Kenji, you don't worry about your future. And I'm like, I don't. Because why? Because why, right? <laughs> because I could die. I mean, like in the next few seconds, I, I absolutely could or everything could change, right? Anything could happen. I know I can't predict the future and I know I can't change the past. And so I honestly fully gave up trying. And this is where all the magic just started showing up, right? All of the serendipity, all of the invitations that I couldn't have planned. I just absolutely never in the, and you know me, all my arrows, right? In my logical mind, I never, I just never, could have planned. And so being able to like relax into this moment is all we have. And this moment is all we have. Right. So finding the magic in the mundane, being fully present and available for what's here right now, fully acknowledging what's here right now. And my kids have been the biggest teachers because they are absolutely amazing. And they drive me absolutely insane. And I had to tell one of my clients, I'm like, listen, I'm not this perfect person, right? I get, I get frustrated. I get angry. I get bitter. I have a full range of emotions. I get extremely overwhelmed with this life experience. And having two kids as a projector, two kids that are not projectors, right? Having two people in my aura, pretty much all of the time, I'm unschooling them, running a business, right? Like trying to be my best. It's not for the faint of heart. And so when these things come up and these experiences come into my life, I I have to be present for it, right? So when I get upset with my kids, if I say something I didn't mean to say, I will absolutely be right there present in that moment and say, I said something I did not mean to say. And I'm here with you now and I apologize. And I want you to know that I didn't mean that and that you mean a lot to me, right? And that that's the present moment. But if I'm attached to the future with my kids, right, constantly, and I'm not looking at them in this now moment, then I miss out on being able to foster a relationship with them in the way that I desire to as a parent. So if I'm constantly thinking like, 
oh gosh, like they're not eating what they're supposed to be eating. And then what's going to happen when they grow up and they're not reading what they're supposed to be reading. And maybe they're not on the level that all of the other kids in the schools are at. And then what's going to happen, right? And then what if I accidentally do the wrong thing? Oh, okay, well, maybe I just need to become better and better and better as a parent. And let's sweep that under the rug and let's, let's make sure to, you know, create more structures for them and let's make sure to create even more safety. And let's, you know, let's try to, let's try to control all of the variables in life so that I can try to like manifest and, you know, manipulate this perfect outcome that is absolutely impossible <laughs> to do. And so as a parent, especially being here for just this now moment, right. And talking to my kids about this now moment, like, Hey, I noticed that you've spent a lot of time watching YouTube this morning. Like, what did you learn? How does your body feel? It's that's so interesting what you learned. And you know, what, how would you feel about going outside? How would you feel about some movement? Right? Because you and I, we're experiencing life moment by moment as it is. And, and as is everyone else. And so when my kids grow up and they're out of my aura and they're out of my field of guidance, they're able to show up moment by moment for themselves and for the people that they end up in relationship with. And they're able to like be fully present and not attached, right? To say that like, I love you without condition. And so me loving you doesn't mean that you have to act the way that I want you to act. You don't have to be what feels safe for me and what, what um, harbors me from trauma. You be whoever you need to be, and I'm going to be whoever I need to be. And we're going to talk about what's happening in this now moment. And we're not going to be always attached to what could potentially be in the future. And this is how we know I have hope and motivation. <laughs> and with that, our episode on what is a projector has come to a close. I'd like to express gratitude to Tanji for joining us and imparting her valuable insight on her lived experiences as a projector. If you are wanting to connect with Tanji, you can find her on social media platforms as at the feel good expert, or you can go to her website at www.thefeelgoodexpert.com. To connect with myself, visit projectorguidance.com or visit my social media platforms at by.brandyyates. These episodes are recorded live on TikTok. So if you are interested in catching these episodes before they are released, hop on over to my page and click the bell at the top so that you can receive notifications for when we are going live. Those who subscribe will be given the chance to ask questions at the end of each session. Thank you all for joining us today. Until next time.